This is the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts and Inmates Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now, here's today's lesson. Good afternoon, my brothers and sisters. Reverend Walton coming at you again from Jail Ministry. Good to see you. Good to hear from you. Hope you're uh, prospering in the things of God. Uh, without further ado, take your Bibles and turn to the Book of Wisdom. Turn to Proverbs chapter 9, and we'll start in verse 10, and uh, we'll go there by way of introduction. The title of the message is, You Don't Know What You Don't Know. You don't know that you don't know it, and sometimes you think, well, you know enough, and then all of a sudden somebody hits you with something you didn't know, and that's a good thing. A man uh, approached me, and uh, he was saying something about... Uh, 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 education in the Bible and all this sort of thing. And uh, let's read this passage. I'm sure you're over in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. By the way, this is the theme verse for the whole book of Proverbs. If you were to say something about it, this is the theme about it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Verse 10 again, Proverbs 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get to our lesson. Father, thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the power in the blood and power in the word of God. Let the Holy Spirit use the word of God to dwell in us richly and, and uh, 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 edify us and educate us and enable us to greater things for you dear heavenly father let us not just be hearers of the word but let us be doers in christ jesus name amen so go with me if you would and, and i was telling you you know and uh, uh the guy was basically what he was saying is uh you're 62 years old you don't need to learn nothing else about the bible you know and i'm thinking good night you know would you go to a doctor who hadn't been to medical school would you go to a lawyer who hadn't been to law school in fact, you not only want to have a doctor, but you'd want to have an experienced doctor. You not only have education, but experience. You wouldn't only have a, you'd want to have a lawyer who, who had done that sort of thing. Would you have a guy build a house and pay him three or $400,000 and he's never built a house? Of course not. We all need to be trained. And uh, as you can tell from verse 10, the fear of the Lord or the reverence or respect for God is the beginning of wisdom. And wisdom is not two plus two is four. That's education. Two plus two is four. By the way, you can be educated and still not know how to use money or count numbers. Amen. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Wisdom is applying that knowledge to your everyday life, to your walk, from the knowledge you obtain from the word of God. The second part of verse nine says, and the knowledge of the Holy One. I am here to declare unto you what God says in his Bible. Not to tell you what I think it means, but to tell you what he is saying. My interpretation should be, what is God saying from Solomon wrote Proverbs to the people that were in that day and then apply it to today. Amen. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to tell you what God's got to say, not what man's got to say. 
I'm not supposed to allegorize it or spiritualize it. I'm not supposed to moralize it. I'm supposed to say exactly what he said. You want to know what the creator of the universe said, and that's what this book is all about. 66 books. All this information that he's given us. And uh, uh, the last part of uh, verse 10, and the knowledge of the Holy One. When he says, and the knowledge, you are supposed to, knowledge implies teaching and learning. He, uh, he expects you to be taught and to be taught. I have to be taught by somebody who knows what they're talking about. Therefore, we need knowledge. We need somebody to teach us. They need to have went to school and understand. Know their onions. An old man named George Campbell, he was 97 years old and I was a little boy in Indianapolis, Indiana, and he had a, a farm across the street from us. It was only about 10 acres. And uh, uh, the Campbells lived over there and they had like eight or nine kids and we had five, you know, and all this stuff. Nobody had birth control back then. Everybody just had a boatload of kids. And um, I'd go over and watch him work sometime on various things and do various things. And he'd always tell me, he says, son, you got to know your onions. Son, you got to know your onions, you know. And uh, um, I used to wonder, what in the world is he talking about? I don't like to eat onions. Onions will make your eyes run. He ain't talking about it. He's talking about have knowledge, son. You got to know what you're doing. And uh, uh, the African-Americans of that time period, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, even now today, now in today, it is not, it, does, it doesn't need to be that way now today. But back then, the African-Americans back then were not highly educated. And they, they weren't educated at all. And you'd have guys who were preachers and they barely could read the text let alone tell you what it meant. You know, I didn't go to church. I was, uh, uh, I was a bad boy. When I got out of jail the first time, I went to church for about 18 months afterwards. But uh, uh, after that, I, I really didn't go to church until I was 20 years old. So first time I went to church, or not first time, but time when I was going where I was faithful, I was about 13 or 15. And then I didn't go again until I was 20 and somebody invited me. And that time I got saved. I got born again. So stick with me here. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of Wisdom And the word fear there means respect God. Respect what he says to say. Uh, I respect uh, 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 the people that run this ministry called jail ministry. And I was seeing about going and uh, uh, teaching a lesson tonight in one of the jails. So I asked them, which one could I go to and what time and this, that and the other. Do they have an open spot? And so, yeah, we think we do. Blah, blah, blah. Go at this time. So I respect them. Think about it. that's a human being. This is God almighty. We're walking on his dirt. We're breathing his air. We're uh, drinking his water. We are alive and exist. He created us by fiat creation, by speaking us into existence. Out of nothing, he created man. And he's given you this book and he says, respect, uh, the respect of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the application of knowledge. And then he says, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. It's not one of many. It is the only understanding. You follow any other philosophy, you will be in trouble. Because knowledge is, philosophy is knowledge, amen? And it's a certain way of applying it, amen? And, and he's telling you right here, let's get this thing right, amen? And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Verse 11, for by me, and the me there is wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, your days will be multiplied. Because I got saved when I was 20 and quit that style of life that I was listening or living before because I left that philosophy of life. Because I left all that craziness then, now, my days are multiplied. And when he says that, it's John 10, 10. I've come that they might have life. He's not talking about physical life. You're alive. You're reading the Bible. He's talking about spiritual. I might have life and have it more abundantly. And years of life will be added to you. Amen. 
And, and there he's not just talking about having life. Well, I know a guy, he's 90-something years old, and he's in prison for the rest of his life. Well, he's, he's kind of, you know, but he'd much rather be free. He doesn't have quality of life. He, he, has, he has quantity, but he doesn't have quality. This, this last, this verse 11 here is talking about quantity and quality. Amen? God wants you, and if you fear the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Get the knowledge, and then the understanding is actually putting it to use. Understanding. Two plus two is four. When I go to the grocery store, I can't spend five dollars. I can only spend four dollars. Why? Because that's all I got is four dollars. And if I owe bills, if I got to pay the electric bill, and it's one dollar, and I got four dollars, I can only spend three dollars at the grocery store. Amen. I may want to spend five dollars, and, and, and but I'm gonna have to find some substance. I'm gonna have to be wise in my application. I'm gonna have to use my knowledge. All right. Uh, 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 wisely and buy what I can afford to buy. I can't buy all that other junk. Amen. Can't be buying tater chips and Twinkies and all that other stuff. Amen. I don't care how much you like it. All right. And uh, 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 verse 12, and we're, we're going to move on. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. And if you scoff, you will bear it alone. Do you see what he's saying there? If you're wise, if you apply this knowledge correctly, it's going to bless you. It's going to help you. It's going to help you and your family. I was uh, reading in the book of Chronicles. King Saul got killed. And the reason King Saul got killed, the Bible says, because he uh, uh, disobeyed God and he, was, uh, uh, he wasn't an unbeliever. He got killed in battle. And not only did he get killed, his three sons got killed along with him. Your actions, you influence people around you. You see me sticking my arms out like this and in front and in back. My life touches my adult children. My life touches my grandchildren, my life touches the people I minister to. My life touches my neighbors and my friends and everything like that. And, and if I'm not applying wisdom, all right, knowledge and understanding, the application knowledge, wisdom and understanding, if I'm not a, applying those things, I can damage other people. Your children, your grandchildren, your neighbors, your friends, the people at church, the people at work are watching you. God wants you to be a change agent for positive. Amen. And uh, even if you are in jail, even if you are a lifer, you can still use these uh, principles and these teachings that God's got down here, and you can be an influence for greatness. Amen. You can be an influence for greatness. All right. Verse 12, if you are wise, you are wise for yourself. He's saying, you know what? You can choose to be wise. Or you can, the scoffer down there, somebody who's a mocker and doesn't pay any attention to God or anything like that, I'm, I'm going to do it my way. You know, it's all about me, you know. Well, that guy, he's not going to, it's not going to work out too well for him, amen. Because we all live in the flesh. The sin nature is running our lives, amen. All right, so if you would with me, amen. And uh, I said all that by way of introduction. Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 5. And uh, uh, I think this will be a blessing to you. And uh, uh, let's look and see what God's got for us over in Hebrews chapter 5. And uh, um, I, I don't know when, but uh, I, I, and I rarely preach a message like this, and I need to tell you all this. I rarely uh, teach and preach this way, not because it's bad or something's wrong with it. This message is really about you reading your Bible, understanding what you're reading, or being taught what you're reading, and learning what you're reading, and applying it to your life. If you apply these things to your life, we wouldn't be where we were at. Uh, I started going to church. Well, you didn't have to worry about me with drugs and dope anymore. Amen. I was listening to what the preacher said. Amen. 
I, I was doing what that said. I, I, all of a sudden, I went from walking this way to walking that way. That's called repentance. I turned from my evil way and turned towards God. Amen. I turned from the flesh, the world, and the devil and turned towards God. Why don't you turn from your evil way? Amen. And let's do something different. All right. And because uh, uh, clearly the way we're going ain't working. We need to do something else. Verse 11. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. I pray you're there. And uh, title of the message again, you don't know what you don't know. So the only way you're going to know is start reading this thing and getting somebody to help you uh, learn, knowledge, understand it. You see what I'm saying? And then apply it. I, 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 we're not going to turn there, but in Nehemiah t chapter 8, they had just come out of captivity. And they had been in Babylon for 70 years. And there had been no teaching priest or prophet for a, a long time. And they lined up on the, by the water gate and they were all in the street. And the priests read the Bible from morning to noontime. People were weeping and crying and standing there with their hands out like this, with their arms up. And, and, the, and the Levites went around and they, they gave the understanding and the sense of the meaning of what God was saying in the Bible. Uh, that would be another way of just saying they taught what was in there and said, this is what God means by that word. This is what God means by that passage. This is what God means by this verse. This is what God means by this phrase. And they explained the Bible. And you might think to yourself, you know what? I want to quit living like I'm living. Will you surrender yourself like those people did to learn what God has to say in his almighty, awesome word? Uh, we know it as the Bible. Amen. And uh, verse 11 of whom we have much to say. Now, whoever wrote Hebrews is telling you what God wants you to hear. He says, to whom, all right, the y'all, us, we have much to say. And hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. It's not that your ears don't work. Is that you? La, 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 la. You're listening to uh, Snoop Dogg. You're listening to uh, Bill Clinton. You're listening to Johnny down the street. You listen to your buddies in the cell block. Your buddy in the cell block, probably the worst guy to listen to, not as he's teaching you the Bible and he really knows what he's talking about. Amen. He in the same boat you in. All right, or she. Amen. Uh, you need to listen to somebody that's successful and that succeeded at this thing. Amen. And he says, of whom we have much to say. God says, I got a whole lot of stuff I want to teach you. And by the way, I have a whole lot I want to teach you. Why? I want you to succeed at life. I want you to have the abundant life. Whom we have much to say and hard to explain. Some of this, it's not that it's, it's, it's hard. It's that we've been raised with a totally different way of thinking. We've been raised with this way of thinking. The world is this way. Society is this way. My friends are this way. My family's this way. And then the Bible's telling us this way. It's not hard really to understand or explain. It's that it's hard for you to understand because you've been looking in this way all the God's saying, stop, turn, look over here, learn this, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become. You weren't always this way. When you were younger, you were teachable. You haven't always been hardy. Now you're dull of hearing. Your eardrums have literally become numb is what that dull of hearing means. It's like somebody took a rubber band and put it on your finger. And you know when you keep it on there for about five minutes, you start touching your finger. And normally say, I can feel it real good right now. But when I put that rubber band on there, boy, I'll tell you what. All of a sudden that thing starts getting numb. 
and eventually you can see your fingers there and it's all bluish color and funny colored and this, that, and the other. And the nail bed won't light in color. You know, it won't go pink and white because the flow of blood is not there. And we're not learning anymore. Amen. We're not able to understand. All right. We're not able to be taught. And he's saying right here, become dull of hearing. I've just, I've turned it off. And, and let me sum up verse 11 for you. Unteachable. There are many men and women that are incarcerated now today. Here is the solution. I guarantee you, this will set you free. <laughs> if you know the son, the son will make you free. He will set you free. <laughs> uh, oh, what is it? John 8, 32. And you should know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Amen. It'll set you free. And you say, well, how's it going to set me free? Is it going to get me out of No, it's going to set you free from crazy and unusual thinking, thinking that is dysfunctional, that will not work. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing, unbecome dull of hearing. The, the, the implications there, if you would just stop and listen and learn, all right, if you would uh, uh, let me give you this knowledge, uh, 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 understand it, learn this knowledge, understand it, and then apply it to your life. Wisdom. All right. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. You would be set free. Then when you get out of the jail next time, I don't got to go this. I don't got to go to rehab. I don't go to the halfway house. I ain't got to do this. I ain't got to do that. Man, I'm going to Jesus and I'm free. I'm getting a job. I'm getting a house. I'm getting this. Uh, I'm getting a spouse. Uh, I'm going on for God. Amen. Verse 11. Of whom we have much to say and hard to say since you have become Dull of hearing. I've said it several times and I've tried to give the sense of the meaning of all these words back over in Proverbs and now over here in Hebrews. Amen. And I asked you, are you listening? Are you learning? Are you teachable today? Or are you unteachable? Are you somebody still in kindergarten, even though you're 18 years old or should be in high school or college at this time? Skip on down to verse 12. This continues the idea of what the writer of Hebrews is saying. The whom he wants, he wants to teach you a whole lot of stuff about Jesus Christ. And the word became flesh, Jesus Christ. Amen. So of whom we have much to say, I got much to say about Jesus Christ or the word. And it's hard to explain because you've dull of hearing. Verse 12, for though by this time ye ought to be teachers, you ought to be teaching your kids, you ought to be teaching your wife, you ought to be teaching your neighbors, your family, your friends. I got four sisters. One of them's a homosexual. I got saved, and within two or three months, I was showing her from the Bible how God said that is an abomination. He does not want people doing that. It is a judgment against unbelief. I said, why don't you become a believer and follow God, you know? And for a while, she did. Um, maybe it was superficial. I don't know. I'm not God. God does know. She stopped for a while, and then she went back to it. Now she's just locked into it. Amen. She's 70 some years old. Amen. But if she had kept going with Christ, she would have been all right. And it says in verse 12, although by this time ye ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus was buried. Jesus rose again the third day. The resurrection proves he defeated death because he defeated death. You can, uh, uh, by grace through faith, receive him as your Lord and Savior. You can believe and you can get saved and defeat death through what he did on the cross. Substitutionary. You can appropriate this thing. You know, 
So those are the first principles. Just how do we get saved? Why do we get baptized? Why do we go get, let somebody dunk us in a tank, a tank of water? Why do we get that? That doesn't save you, by the way. All that does is an outward expression. I'm dying to self, symbolically, metaphorically, dying to my old life, resurrected in new life, newness of life to Christ. I'm going to live for God now. Romans chapter 6. I'm going to live for God. Amen, brother. And uh, uh, um, so, so it says here, for by the time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again. The first principles of the, and when it says oracles of God, that's the word of God. You need somebody to teach you the baby stuff all over again. These are baby things. This is foundational teaching. Some of y'all are sitting there listening to me. Oh, is that what that means? Oh, is this what that means? Well, I'm sitting here running, the, and, and, and you supposedly have been saved for a number of years or decades even since you were a child. Now you're 20, 30, 40 years old. And you say, oh, you need, <laughs> you're not where you need to be. I'm not saying that to be harsh. I'm saying that to say, hey, we need to buck up. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. I need to buck up. I need to get to where I need to be. Amen. I need to move on. I don't need to stay back here in childishness and foolishness. I need to move on for God. Amen. So again, the first principles of the oracles of God were in uh, verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, ask yourself. All right. See, I, the, the Bible is speaking to you. God is talking to you right here. Are you able to teach the word of God now? Uh, you should be able to teach your children the, the principles. You ought to be able to teach your friends there in the cell block or, or pod or wherever you are. You ought to be able to teach them stuff out of the Bible by this time. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. Rest of verse 12. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. The writer of Hebrews under the inspiration or leading of the Holy Spirit is saying, you know what? You need somebody to give you milk and not meat and taters. Milk, babies don't have teeth, they're gumming. So they don't have to gum milk. They get raised on milk, and then when they, the teeth grow out in a year or two, the mama quits nursing them, not a year or two, six months or a year, the mama quits nursing the baby, and she starts feeding them table food. This is saying you're still back on a newborn baby diet. You're on an infant diet. I, I pray you're not. But if you are, be honest with yourself. This is where I'm at. I need to move forward. I need to get me some Bible lessons. I need to sit under somebody like Reverend Walton. I need somebody who's going to go through the scriptures and tell me what God says, what he says and what it meant to the people he was saying it right there. And then we can apply it to the day and to ourselves. Amen. That's how we interpret this thing. God, you have come to need milk and not solid food. Verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of God. Woo! Woo! Can you imagine? God just said, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of God. Wow. Are you, are you unskilled in the word of God? Are you unskilled? Is that not where you're at? Is that, are you... Is that, is that you? Um, that man who was trying to tell me don't get trained. Truth of the matter is, in, in, in my estimation, he's unskilled in the word of God. The mere fact that he would say something crazy like that. Also, he's got uh, pride and ego issues, you know. And uh, uh, I'm not happy or 
out to get him or something. That's that's him. I, he's a grown man. I can't make him do anything. I can't make you do anything. But are you unskilled? All right. And, and let's let's cover every word there. For everyone who partakes only of milk. Yes, we went through salvation by grace through faith, death, burial, and resurrection. We started talking about getting baptized. And uh, uh, we were moving on talking about things. And I was just giving those as illustrations with the first principles of the oracles of God and everything. He's saying, well, okay, you might need some refresher in some of those every now and then or, or look at them again and so forth like that to get better clarity on them. So, you know, he says only of milk. He's not, he's not talking about somebody that just needs to look back at different parts of those every now and then. He's talking about that's all they do. They're still on milk. 10, 20, 30 years ago, they got, and they're still on milk today. He's saying, you're not where you ought to be. Amen. Uh, this isn't it. And I'm trying to be nice in saying all this stuff. But, but really, the writer right here for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. He's saying, you're, you're in a diaper and you're pooping and peeing on yourself. And your mama has to change your diaper every hour or two because it's wet and, and soiled. Amen. And spiritually, he's saying, you know, um, that's why we're going through all this. Amen. Verse 14. Uh, I only got five minutes left. Let me say a few words about 14, and then we'll have a word of prayer and close out. But solid food belongs to those who are a full age. In other words, mature. Are you spiritually mature? I know you're physically mature. You're either in county or state or fed. So I know you're physically mature, that is those who by reason of use, reason of use, they've been studying and, and learning the word of God. They've been trying to learn. That's what he means when he says reason of use. Have their senses exercised, their brain material, their grammar exercised, disciplined, uh, pumping iron, all right, to discern both good and evil, Amen. To discern, you know what, there's some people I don't hang out with, there's some places I don't go, there's some things I don't do. Why? That's going to turn out bad. That's going to turn out evil. Waste of money, time, effort, energy. I don't got time for that. I need things that are going to prosper. So I'm able to discern because of my mind being washed with the word of God to discern what's good and to discern what's evil. Discern what's wise to go down this road and not wise to go down that road. Amen. Um. I hope I've made everything clear. I hope I've brought it to you. Amen. That is those who by reason of you have their senses actually discern both good and evil. I hope you've looked at this and considered this and so forth. Basically what this whole message is telling is be teachable. Amen. See uh, uh, the wisdom of the word of God, the application of knowledge. You need knowledge and understanding. Understanding is that application. Amen. Okay, now I understand what he's talking about and saying, and now I need to apply it to my life and everything. You don't hear something like this every day. And people think we're going to wave some kind of magic wand and, and rub a genie on the belly or something like that or on a bottle, and we're, all of a sudden we're going to quit going to jail or quit doing drugs or quit doing whatever we're not supposed to be doing, these, these evil things we're doing. And by the way, it's evil that you're spending your time in there. God did not create you to be locked up in jail. Okay. Jail is not the problem. Jail is a symptom of the problem. Your heart attitude is what the problem. You need a heart transplant, and you get a heart transplant by washing your mind with the Word of God every day. All right, God bless you. Let's pray right now. Father, thank you for your mercy and grace.
pray that clarity went out. I felt the demons trying to hold this message back, dear Heavenly Father. I pray that clarity and understanding went out to the men and women watching this. I pray they be blessed by it. If you're not sure you're saved, pray something like this to make sure you're saved, born again. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I've read your Bible, and somebody showed me your Bible or a gospel track or something, and I understand that Jesus is your son. He died on a cross for me on old Golgotha 2,000 years ago back in Jerusalem. He paid my sin debt. He's my substitute. He paid for my sin debt. Please forgive me. Please save me. Please help me be a new creature in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for your time. Lord willing, we'll see you again next week. Thank you for your time. Bye-bye.